You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now, to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton and Alex Barallo. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Jet Nation Radio. Uh, this is your solo host for tonight, Alex Varallo. Uh, a little bit of a uh, conflict of schedules between uh, Glenn, Dylan, and I, but uh, the show must go on, as they say. So here we are um, going into free agency month. We finally got here. Feels like it's been forever since uh, week 17 for the Jets here because things are going to start to ramp up uh, throughout the ongoing weeks. And, you know, first it starts with free agency. Um, We already have some news to talk about a particular player, somebody that I'm very excited about that was on my list that I wanted um, the Jets to bring back as far as in-house players. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Um, some free agents that I would like the Jets to stay away from. I'd also like to talk about some veteran quarterbacks that are on my radar um, as a possible safety net for uh, this Jets coming season. And then lastly, what I'm going to do is just go over uh, probably the big four players on the roster that we can get some salary cap savings Um, And, you know, this will obviously give us a little bit more firepower uh, when we go into uh, free agency. Now, when will these cuts go down? I'm not 100% sure. A lot of the information that I got was that these players, if they were cut before June 1st, um, the Jets would be able to um, save, you know, a certain amount of money off the contract without having too much dead cap space. So it's going to be a shorter show tonight, being that um, I'm running solo Uh, But we're going to get to the quick points real fast um, and just kind of, you know, prep ourselves for next week. Um, Because next week, obviously, you know, things are going to get quite interesting. And we're going to see Joe Douglas's plan unravel uh, for the 2021 season. We will also see maybe some inclination on what the Jets are going to be doing with Sam Darnold. Um, Obviously, Every day, every week, it just continues to go back and forth. Um, Fans seem to be a little divided on whether or not we should kick the tires for one more year on Sam. Um, Some other people are just ready to, you know, rip the Band-Aid off, start anew, Um, whether it's a trade with Deshaun Watson, uh, which will definitely be a lot of draft capital, maybe some players involved too. Um, or, you know, going for one of the top prospects with the number two pick. Um, Because it kind of feels like even though we're at the number two spot, we're 99.9% sure Jacksonville is going to go with Trevor Lawrence. So essentially the Jets have the first pick in the draft um, because if Jacksonville does not go with Trevor Lawrence, why would that be, you know, one of the, you know, possible big uh, whiffs or mistakes that a franchise team can make? Um, because all the media pundits, you know, have Lawrence on this pedestal, and then there's some separation between the next tier, which is, you know, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. 
and then, you know, further down, you know, you got Trey Lance, Trask, Mac Jones, and some other guys. So um, quite interesting, you know, to see how the, the levels of these quarterbacks have been uh, portrayed and projected for, for this uh, upcoming draft. Before I uh, get too far into the topics of tonight's show, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Mile Social. Um, if you're a company that's looking to grow your platform on the social media level, look no further than, than milesocial.com. Uh, they can help you with social media management. They can help you with your, your web design. Um, they can improve search engine optimization and your marketing. So if that's what you're looking to do to take your, you know, whatever kind of company that you're doing and you need to extend it out to the masses, uh, Mile Social is the way to go. You can find them at M-I-L-E-S-O-C-I-A-L.com. All right. So let's just talk about, um, I guess the breaking news for this week, Marcus May um, gets to hang out for another year with this team. They put the franchise tag on him. Um, he's currently going to be paid $10.5 million for this year. It's a one-year kind of deal. If the Jets decide to tag him again next year, uh, it would be about $13.5 million, according to my buddy uh, Dylan Terriman, who uh, we have a group chat. Glenn and I, and, and we just kind of go back and forth and just uh, nonstop Jets talk, um, just kind of like our Jet Nation forum, nonstop Jets talk there. If you guys are in a lull and you need to ramp up your Jets um, conversations or, you know, you want to get into some heated debates or you have some topics you want to discuss, JetNation.com has a fantastic forum. It's the, it's the largest one in the NFL so look no further than JetNation.com for that. But going back to Marcus May, um, there was a little bit of drama that came from Marcus May's corner. Um, I believe his agent just about a week ago went to Twitter um, after a rumor was leaked on uh, social media that Marcus May might be getting a franchise tag. And he more or less said, you know, that they were snubbing him. Um, he's given everything. Um, for them, and, you know, he's a captain. I think he was voted as an MVP last year. Um, He's just done all the right things, and he felt that the Jets were not doing the right thing by providing him a long-term deal. Now, obviously, uh, you know, it seems like he may be coming from a personal aspect on this, but, uh, you know, no one's fooled here. He gets a piece of that pie, and the bigger the pie, the bigger his portion. So no surprise that the Marcus Mays agent is looking for larger compensation. Um, so here we go. Um, you know what? It is what it is. This is the nature of the beast with this, with this sport here. Um, obviously the Jets um, acknowledge that Marcus May is one of the best defensive players on this team. He's a leader. Um, he will be the glue that is needed on the secondary of this defense. So I think it was a very, very good idea if, um, you know, for um, for Sala and Joe Douglas to go ahead and get this done um, and and just, you know, keep some an in-house player. Even though it's not the long-term deal that maybe made – was looking for, his agent was looking for. Um, it was still a smart move by them. 
This gives them the opportunity to um, test the waters with a 28-year-old player. Um, Some people may not realize that Marcus May came into the league at 24, a little bit of an older rookie. So, um, you know, clearly he's looking to get the big deal before he gets into his 30s. Um, You know, maybe he plays well and he gets an extension throughout, you know, some point near the mid to back end of this season. Um, Completely possible. Um, Also possible that, you know, the Jets want to get another year of tutelage for Austin Davis or Ashton Davis, sorry, and, uh, you know, to see where he's at because – I can't imagine that Robert Sala would be comfortable deploying his defense with some UDFAs, some inexperienced rookies from last year, you know, that'll be second year guys and not having any uh, veteran, you know, experience on the back end of the defense. So these are the things that Marcus May brings to the table. Um, So, um, you know, very happy um, that he's coming back. We definitely need a player of that caliber uh, you know, to be leading the charge for this team. Um, May's not a rah-rah guy, but he's definitely well-respected in the locker room. So I'm really, really happy that they brought him back. Okay. So now let's go ahead and let's get into um, my topic of the night, the top three free agents that I do not want the Jets to sign. And I'm going to be honest with you, there's a theme here um, for me. And the top three free agents that I do not want the Jets to look into. Number one is Kenyon Drake. Number two is Carlos Hyde. Number three is Tevin Coleman. Now, if you notice, these are all running backs. And I actually put a note here. Or any former San Francisco running back. I've seen a lot of traction as of late for the Jets to go out and pluck these mid-tier to – lightly average on certain Sundays above average players to run our backfield by committee. I understand that, you know, that's the um, inexpensive way of controlling a position. Um, I understand the media pundits narratives that running backs do not matter and they're not important. They can be found anywhere. There's plenty of, uh, you know, history and data to prove, you know, this, this particular, uh, take on this scenario. Um, But I've done some research uh, throughout the last four drafts, and it turns out that out of the last four years, there's only two running backs that are qualified starters in this league. One of them who is now going to be a possible free agent, Aaron Jones from the Green Bay Packers from the fifth round, and another free agent uh, that might be testing the waters, Chris Carson's from the seventh round. From the last four years, all the running backs that were drafted that are considered starters in this league came from the first, second, or early third round. There are no other running backs in those day threes that everyone always tells me about that will just be ripe for the plucking. So, um, you know, like I said, I understand the economical trying to save money here and there on players, but if I truly feel that if you are going to go with Sam Donald again, you need to give him a better running game so it's not all on his shoulders. And the same thing goes if it's going to be a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, and if you're going to be trading for Deshaun Watson, um, you can't have him being your lead rusher. Um, you need somebody to compliment him as well. So I really am not interested in 
going for average um, or being mediocre with our signings when it comes to our running game. Um, you know, obviously some work needs to be done at the offensive line, um, just like many other positions on this team. But I, I do feel that the draft offers a lot of talent um, early in the draft. Um, in the second round, third round, there's, there are explosive players that can be found that will be way cheaper and more lucrative for this team on a, on a four-year rookie deal compared to paying anywhere from 7 to $10 million per year for, like I said, a mid-tier running back that's had some tread on their tires. So that's kind of where my mind is going with um, the free agency. Um, obviously, you need to bring bodies in. So if they bring in somebody like a Jamal Williams, I know that's somebody that Dylan really, really likes. Um, you know, for instance, uh, there's, there's you know, a couple other backs out there that um, seem intriguing, like a Leonard Fournette and, and other players like that. But those guys are going to warrant, you know, more than likely double-digit style contracts um, because – even though Fournette got got shown the door in Jacksonville, he just went to Tampa, helped them win a Super Bowl. Um, maybe they keep him there, uh, but you know, if he's a betting man, he's going to bet on himself and, and roll into free agency and see what you know the best offer that he can obviously get. So I, I could foresee that happening. I like Leonard Fournette, and I like some of those other guys that are you know testing the uh, waters, but. I think we need to learn from the Le'Veon Bell contract and maybe try to find something that will be cheaper for us. We'll get a four-year deal out of it from the draft and could be a plug-and-play explosive player um, from day one. All right. So now I'm going to migrate over to the veteran quarterback conversation here. Um, Right now we're looking at Sam Darnold and James Morgan. I do not feel confident going in with these two quarterbacks into the season. Um, you know, if Darnold's not going to be in the future here, you can't have a rookie quarterback, James Morgan, and then, you know, a Mike White like we had last year that was just, you know, plucked off, you know, from camp. You're, you're clearly going to need somebody with experience that can come in in a pinch in, in case if somebody gets injured or in the event you have a, a competition and, you know, let's say hypothetically we do get a rookie and they're not showing all the promise that we anticipated so we don't deploy with them right away. At least we can have somebody that can keep the, the seat warm until the rookie or whomever, you know, that individual is, is ready to go. So right now I have Jacoby Brissett, um, who's testing free agency. Now, obviously a lot can change from this week to next, um, but I wouldn't mind kicking the tires on him. Um, you know, he's done some good things in Indianapolis, clearly lost his job to Phillip Rivers last year, um, and now they just traded for Carson Wentz. So clearly, you know, that's somebody that brings a lot of experience, um, not a flashy quarterback, but I do feel that out of all the backups, you know, that have that starting potential, he might be one of the best fits. Another one, which was kind of a shocker to me, was Alex Smith, who was just released from the uh, Washington football team. I think um, the situation with Alex's knee um, scares me. I, I won't lie, but I feel that what he brings mentally would be absolutely gold for this um, team. Bringing that mind, his experience, his competitiveness, his um, ability to overcome like 
crazy odds and go through multiple surgeries and come back to this sport. Um, it's a great story. And I just think that he's just one of those guys that if you do have a young quarterback that needs tutelage, you won't find a guy better than Alex Smith out on free agency. He's not going to come cheap, but you know, in this sport, quarterbacks are important. And in the event that something happens, I would feel confident in having Alex Smith, um, you know, in this system, um, no, he and LaFleur did not work together, um, but he does have ties back to the San Francisco aspect. So who knows if there's any dots to be, you know, connected there, but Alex Smith would be somebody that I would definitely be interested in. And the last one might seem a little odd, but I just think that he still has something left in the tank. Um, this is former first round pick Jameis Winston definitely would not mind seeing, um, the jets go ahead and, and kick the tires, um, you know, in that manner. Um, he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, when, when he's seeing the field, um, you know, in the past he's had some decision-making issues and he's got some turnover issues. Apparently he was having a vision problem and he got some like LASIK done and, you know, now he's 2020 or something like that. But he had a year behind Drew Brees. Um, you know, I'm sure he's hungry to get that, that job back for, to be a starter. Um, you know, in the event that things just completely fall off for the Jets and, you know, they decide to stick for one more year with Darnold and they bring in Winston and then rather than going for quarterback, let's just say hypothetically, they go for Penny Sewell or, or they go for a Jamar Chase or, or Devonta Smith. You're building your offense. You're building a team possibly for – the veteran quarterback you're bringing in this year or, or setting up the, setting the table for the future. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, planning, planning for now, planning for the future. If you're able to do both at the same time, I think that that would be overall very, very beneficial uh, for this team as a whole, um, bring in more and more talent. Um, I think that last year when players were getting hurt and injured, we were going to our depth and we really were not, seeing a lot of production coming from the second and third string guys. So that's something that I think Joe Douglas should really focus in on is, you know, last year, you know, Connor Hughes just said the other, the other day that Joe Douglas was smart last year to not overpay in free agency. I don't know how smart it is because the team that he built, and yes, I know a lot of it has to do with Adam Gase, but at the end of the day, players need to be held accountable and the players that we had, resulted in a 2-14 and 14 season. So maybe being uh, not as aggressive with your, your deals and your contracts isn't the right way to go. Grabbing mid-tier guys and building a mid-tier average to below average team and hoping that everybody just reaches for the stars and gets their max potential yeah, that's a way of doing it, but I don't think that's the blueprint for success in this league. If you want to win, I've always said this, you got to be aggressive. So I feel that if the Jets want to be smart this year, um, you know, it's not just about the rookie quarterback. It's also about having a good backup plan in there too. So don't think that you can go into this draft and take a rookie and have James Morgan be his backup. Uh, the guy didn't even sniff the field last year. Uh, we have no idea if he's even ready 
He was learning Adam Gase's system last year. Now he's got to learn LaFleur's system this year. So he may be taking a step back rather than a step forward. No idea what kind of intangibles um, James Morgan can bring. So I wouldn't push my chips um, or push any, you know, uh, you know, success into that area with him because uh, he's just unknown. He was a fourth round guy. Um, wasn't really that flashy of a quarterback. Um, captain, good guy, leader of the team, all that, all that stuff. Um, but I just don't know if that's somebody that um, is ready to, to play in today's NFL. So that was my top three veteran quarterbacks, Joby, Jacoby Brissett, Alex Smith, Jameis Winston. I think that the Jets should kick the tires on one of these three guys. They seem to be near the top of the list of the quarterbacks out there in free agency. Um, and, you know, with all this trade speculation with Watson and Russell Wilson, um, you know, don't wait too long. Um, go out and go get your guys and get this team put together as quickly as you can. I know in the past the Jets have been quiet day one and an active day two and day three. You know, maybe that's what they do this year. But, again, if you're, um, you know, going to be patient about it and you're going to miss out on opportunities, because we've already seen some guys get tagged already this year. Brandon Schreff was a guard that I really, really wanted the Jets to get. He was my number two option behind Joe Thune. He's already been tagged. He's off the board. So now it seems like the Jets really have to pursue Joe Thune in order to make this team – um, you know, get some Pro Bowl caliber talent on their offensive line for this upcoming season. And it might cost them a lot. So, you know, Shreff was going to be my, you know, my, my fall to plan if Thune gets locked up for, you know, a crazy deal between 17 to $20 million a year, as I've seen some of the projected. So this should bring us here now at about under eight minutes here. So I'm going to go into the potential cap cuts. Um, we already saw the Jets save about $10 million with Henry Anderson's cut last week. And with the tag that they put on Marcus May, they're currently sitting around $69 million, number two in the league behind Jacksonville, as far as uh, top dollars in salary cap going into free agency. So if, these Jets, if the Jets were to make a few more cuts, they could increase their salary cap another 25 to $30 million dollars. Now, clearly my numbers are not accurate because I'm not one of those guys from Sport Track or over the cap. Pull some information from Sport, Sport Track, and this is what I, I saw here. Number one, Jamison Crowder. We could save $10 million if we let him go. And I've seen a lot of people say, keep him, let him go. You know what? For $10 million, you take that money, you put a, a few extra million dollars on it, you throw that at Kenny Galladay. Not only have you improved that that receiver position, but you've got somebody younger and with a higher ceiling of talent. And I know a lot of people like Jameson. I think that we could walk from him, replace him um, in free agency, go out and get an explosive receiver in the draft. And whoever the quarterback is, at least he got viable target. Excuse me to take a sip of water here. Kind of hard running solo. So my next cut, um, Alex Lewis, somebody that was on the fence last year near the back end. He was uh, put on a um, unable to perform list. He was not injured. This is something internal that happened either off the field with his life or internally with the Jets. 
and he did not play back near the back end of the, the season. So if the Jets were to let him go, you'd be able to save $5 million right there. Next cut seems to be a theme here, going sticking with the offensive line. George Fan. I don't think George Fan will get cut because he was a team captain last year. I think this was one of Joe Douglas's favorite free agent signings. But if you are looking to improve the right tackle position, there is a monster in the draft called Penny Soul. I know he plays left, but who knows? You get bookend tackles. You get two possible Pro Bowl guys on both sides of your offensive line. How could you not want to look at something like that? I mean, you have to consider that. And to save $7 million with George Fant, now maybe you take that $7 million and the $5 million that, that you got from Alex Lewis, you throw that money toward Joe Thune to play left guard, and then you draft a Penny Soul. Now you only have one more guard position to, to look at. And your left tackle, your left guard, your center's complete. Your right tackle, you could probably go with Soul in the draft. So you've got four solid options right there, leaving you with just the right guard position to improve. Could be night and day with an offensive line from last year to this year if it goes according go, goes according to this plan that I just mentioned. And the last cut would be Greg Van Roten, which would be three point four million. Now he's a Jersey guy or a Long Island guy, I'm sorry. So he's a New York guy. Um, said he wanted to retire as a Jet. He wanted to come here. He liked the opportunity. Stays as a backup because three point four million is not a lot of savings, um, but we really wouldn't be having a lot in dead cap either. So maybe that would be lucrative enough uh, in the opportun- if the opportunity presents itself to where Joe Douglas can take that money part ways and bring in somebody of higher talent. You never know. Could be possible. Now, apparently Greg Van Roen can play center, can play both guard positions. So when you have somebody that can do that too, Maybe with the way his salary structured, you don't want to let somebody like that go. Completely can see him sticking, but if the Jets do want to save some money, with those four players that I mentioned, it'd probably be somewhere between 25 to $30 million. That would put the Jets over the $90 million um, mark going into free agency. Um, and then at that point, you know, you're top of the list. You got the most money to throw around. If other teams try to get into a bidding war with you, you have leverage. So that's what it's really going to be about is, you know, now as I got three minutes left here, I'm going to close out the show. Um, you got three minute. You got, um, you got an opportunity here to um, set up a plan to plug some holes, get some bodies in here, improve talent level, and in core positions and change this thing around for the first time in a long time. You, if you can find a way to have the most money in free agency, you have nine picks rolling into the draft, you're sitting at the number two position with two first-rounders and two third-rounders. Jets have four picks within the first hundred picks of the draft. So we got four premium picks coming our way, possibly going to be, if we have these cuts here, be around the 80 with potential up to $90 million in salary cap, you can really do things. Um, you can go out and, and fill that big pass rusher void. You can get a top corner to solidify the back end of the defense. 
you can bring in some talent at the offensive line. He can go out and bring in more targets for whomever the quarterback may be. Um, and these are the things that I think Joe Douglas needs to focus in on. And I can't wait. I think tampering period next Monday, the 15th, with the official um, free agency starting um, on March 17th. So it's interesting to see the tampering period transition into like the actual signing day. Um, there's a, a lot of crazy things tend to happen within that two day period, but we're, we're right around the corner folks. Um, we're almost there uh, one week closer to the draft one less week um, before we start getting into free agency and we start to see possibly some new bodies coming onto this team. And we might, be seeing what this off-season plan is from Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. So I'm super excited um, to see what's in store. Uh, you know, this is this has got to be the year where we change things around. I keep saying it. We got to get out of the basement of the NFL. That's our our goal. We got to try to find a way to be a mid-tier team, and it all starts next week. Um, possibly, uh, I think it starts off after three o'clock or after four o'clock on Monday. So. Um, you know, tune in, folks. Um, Glenn, Dylan, and I will be back. Um, and we might actually have a guest next week in Green Bean. He might be joining us to give us his free season plan. So make sure you don't miss out on next week's show. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, have a good weekend, everybody. Be well, stay safe. Don't forget to check out Jet Nation forums. Um, and we also have an app. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Everybody, be well. Take care, and as always, go Jets. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets.